You're listening to audio from the Village Church, a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, gathering weekly in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. For more information about the village or to connect with us, you can find us online at myvillagechurch.com. Good morning. Um, the focal passage for the message today is found in Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. It'll be on the screens, and you're welcome to also look for it in your, if your Bibles, if you have one. And it says this, this is the word of the Lord, Exodus 3, 13 and 14. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, God said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. This is the word of the Lord. Hey all. Hello. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors. Thanks so much for hanging out with us uh, in this series. Uh, admittedly, things can get if we don't decide that they won't get pretty technical. We're talking about some really large concepts of who God is, and so there's a lot in that. Uh, my goal is not to make that so uh, technical that it doesn't have any bearing on our life or that we just can't uh, comprehend who God is, uh, even though He is incomprehensible. And so I, I encourage you just to, like, right now, just commit, like, okay, I'm, I'm in, and there might be some times when my brain, but, like, I'm in, all right, I'm, I'm engaged in my mind, I'm engaged in my heart, um, and the most important thing is, is smile with your eyes, because I can't see your face, and that is a little difficult, um, if I'm being honest, so just smile with your eyes, you can practice right now, yeah, it's great, Hannah, I love that, that's perfect. Um, sweet. All right. So uh, let me pray, and then we'll get going. Father, thank you for the gift that is your church, um, that Jesus secures us as yours, that the Holy Spirit, uh, that you are near. Um, would you let today be just be a few moments to remind us of who you are, to remind us of who we are in you because of you, um, today, would you let us see a part of you that we might not have considered before, and would you let it change and shape who we are, the way that we go about our relationship with you and interacting with you, the way that we go about our relationship and, and interaction with everyone else and with all of creation, and even with the way that we interact with ourselves. Holy Spirit, would you do the work that I could never do in myself? Would you let your light shine bright on us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Origins are powerful. Uh, we all have a beginning. We all started somewhere. We all started some when. We all started some how. And, and we all started from some who. We all had a beginning. Uh, origin stories are the backbone of Marvel and all kinds of other Hollywood cinematic Universes. We care where people come from. We care where heroes come from. And, and so the stories are, are done and redone and overdone because origins shape trajectories. Origins clarify trajectories. They show us why people do what they do. They show us what we might do in the future because of 
where we're from. Uh, stories and movies, they, they are written about confused you know, travelers through this life, and, and they go back and they find their roots, and, and when they find their roots, where they're from, that, that hometown or whatever, it satisfies their deep longings to know who they are. DNA testing companies, billion-dollar industry, they're reuniting families, they're, they're building family trees, they're finding killers, Right? They show people their origins, and, and not just where they come from, but beyond themselves, even discovering generations of heritage. People love that stuff. In college, if you sit down on a bench, and, and someone walks by, and someone sits down, there, there are two questions that they just always ask. Hey, where are you from? What's your major? Those two questions, if you've ever lived on a college campus, you, you answer and you ask those questions uh, on repeat. It, it's, it seems like every day because those two questions are kind of telling. Where did you start and, and where are you going, right? Where, where are you from and what's your major? Like, where did you come from and, and where are you heading? Where we come from says something. And the reality is that many people go through life more concerned with with Peter Parker or Bruce Wayne's origin than they are their very own. And, and if you don't know, that's Spider-Man and Batman, all right? Um, but I'm not today, I'm not merely just talking about the where and the when of origin so much as the fact that we have an origin, it's not all the details, but it's, it's that we have an origin, that you began. At some point you weren't, and now you are, which means that, that you began. And more than that, we don't just come from some where, during, some when, but we exist because of someone. And if that is true, then it's, it's powerful, and it means something to us. It means something about us. But in contrast to us, there is one who who does not exist because of someone. He does not exist because of something. He is self-existent. He always has been. He always will be. And that never created divine creator is the God of infinite creativity. In fact, insert main idea, everything that is flows from the imagination of the only one who never began. Everything that is flows from the imagination of the only one who never began. So in this series, He is. We get to reflect on the attributes of God. And despite uh, my deepest desires as a preacher and as one who gets to like kind of dissect these things week after week, th they're not all clean. They're not all just segmented and, and one is completely separate from the other, but, but they kind of build upon one another and they overlap and they get fuzzy. And what we're doing, as I said last week, we're not, we're not uh, walking through a text so much as looking at a topic and seeing what all of the Bible has to say about it. And the topics that we're looking at are, are specific attributes or character traits of who God is. And today, God is self-existent. And next week, God is self-sufficient. 
And it's difficult to talk about one without slowly talking about the other. And the week after that, we talk about God is, is eternal, which is difficult to talk about or think about without considering him as self-sufficient and self-existent. So we're trying to spotlight to see the greatness, the bigness of who God is. And at the same time, I want us to see how the personality of God, it touches even the finest fabrics of every bit of life that we are and that we interact with. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He says, No subject of contemplation will tend more to humble the mind than thoughts of God. But while the subject humbles the mind, it also expands it. He who often thinks of God will have a larger mind than the man who simply plods around this narrow globe. Nothing will so enlarge the intellect, nothing so magnify the whole soul of man as a devout, earnest, continued investigation of the great subject of God. And that's what we get to do in this series, and that's what we get to do every time this book is opened in your home, every time you're listening to this thing in your car. We get to discover who God is. There's no truth so mind-expanding, no truth so heart-enlarging, no truth so life-engaging than the study of God. So, God is self-existent. He is the God of infinite creativity. What does that mean? Well, uh, our, our boy Webster, in his, uh, in his dictionary, he defines it like this. He says, self-existent is existing of or by oneself. Makes a lot of sense. No surprises there. Uh, independently of any other being or cause. Not caused to exist by someone or something else. Right? Uh, some theologians argue that this attribute alone describes God alone. All right? Uh, and, 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 and only God can have such a description. Tozer said this. He said, God had no origin. And it is precisely this concept of no origin which distinguishes that which is God from whatever is not God. So I want us to know that you began and God did not begin. Because that changes everything. So, a couple points, right? The first one is this. God is the lone, uncreated creator. God is the lone, uncreated creator. How many uncreated creators are there? There's one. God is the lone, uncreated creator. And, and R.C. Sproul, he, he engages um, in lots of ways. Uh, R.I.P., he died not long ago, but, but he, he built the church by, by having an incredible brain. And, and some of the things he said, uh, he said this, and, and he described a scenario in which he was engaging on the Yale campus some, some philosophers, and, and they came to the conclusion that he did, that as he pre presented this material, they said, yes, that is true. And this is what he says. He said, there are only three possible explanations for anything that exists now, only three. It is self-created, 
It is eternal. It is created by something that is eternal. And you might say, wow, that seems like a lot. But just think about that. Either it created itself, which is difficult to do. It is eternal. It always has been. Or it is created by something that is eternal. Right? And he said, if you eliminate the first possibility, that is that it is self-created, which is very difficult to do, then the other two remain that something has, has to be eternal. So I say that to tell you that, that this isn't just, hey, we're in a Christian bubble and we think this way, but, but there are people whose, whose lives are devoted, men and women, to building out, you know, like uh, on a scale that, that I can interact with. I'm a pastor, right, more than a theologian. So I get to shepherd hearts, uh, not determine origin of uh, all that is, but there are people who engage in some ways that help our brains get a hold of this. Here's the thing. All others have a beginning. God does not have a beginning. And I mentioned, you know, college, campus, small talk with strangers. What, what's your major? What's your city of origin? But think about the way that people describe themselves. And, and think about the, the, the ways that we describe people even of old in, in history, right? Through the ancient Near East, and as we read the Bible, there are ways that people describe themselves. And, and even in modern day, we have, we have gamer tags that say something about who we are, and we have social media handles that say something about who we are. But the way one introduces him or herself, it matters, or maybe this week or, or uh, a few weeks ago or in, in coming weeks, you will find yourselves in a classroom, Right? And, and the teacher might say something like, okay, we're going to go around and we're going to give our name and, and something interesting about us. Just think about what those things are and what usually comes out of that. So we give a name, right? Um, and then we, we might, even in our name, give a nod to our lineage and our heritage. And, and for us, a last name tells what family we're from. So we're already beginning to tell kind of where we're from. Uh, we might say, if we're, if we're in a place that's far away, we might say, I'm from Hamilton, Ohio, or I'm from Cincinnati, or, or wherever. When you read the Bible, you see Paul, an apostle of Christ the Lord. You see him telling of whom he belongs, where he comes from. Jesus of Nazareth. He tells us where he's from. Jesus, you mean the one of Joseph, right? We, we get the idea. Like those things say something. Or maybe we might, we might begin to add some letters after our name because we're super smart or we've done a lot of great things. And so we say, I am so-and-so, M-A Graham, Ph.D. I'm not. I'm just saying, but some could be, right? Ph.D. or, or M.D. Or, or R.N. Or, or maybe it's, it's I'm, I'm doctor. Hey, this is Mr. It's actually doctor, right? I'm not a doctor, but, but maybe you've interacted with something like that. Or, or me, like I'm, I'm Pastor Michael, and here's the thing, you've never heard me introduce myself that way, all right? And, and we might say, hey, it's Pastor Adam, or it's Pastor Matt, Pastor Scott, but, but we don't go around, hi, like you can call me Michael, because that's my name, right? I'm not defined by what I do, and that's okay. So, so we do that to distinguish us. We tell something about us, but God humbles us. He humbles the letters after our name. This is what God says, right? It's overwhelming to consider how God speaks to us and about himself. But what would he say if he were at the, the icebreaker? Tell us a little something about yourself. 
Well, well God tells us. And, and this is kind of an anchor text more than a focal text, but in Exodus 3, we preached this whole book, uh, or, or the front end of this book not long ago. God is interacting with this guy named Moses, and he calls him to himself, and he's in a, God is in a burning bush, and there's this crazy scene, and Moses is like, uh, okay, and he says, I'm God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and Moses is like, what, what's that again? Who, who are you? All right? And God says, here, I'm sending you on a mission, and I want you to, I want you to rescue my people. And Moses is like, okay, we're going to rescue you. Who's rescuing your people? Moses, you are. Okay. And he said, you're going to confront Egypt, and you're going to demand that they let my people go. And Moses is like, okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. Um, uh, and, and this is what he says. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Um, God, what should I tell them? How cool is that? Like, you can just see it. Like, he, he's, he's going to, uh, wait, wait. Um, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't even know your name. And you can imagine God being like, oh, uh, wait, uh, I got it. T tell him this. And this is what he says. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God, God, who should I tell him you are? Tell him I am. I am that I am. So the essence of, of his response to Moses here is this. Tell them I exist. I'm sorry. Yeah, tell him that. Tell him that I exist. Right? He, who are you? Because my guess is it has something to do with, with where you're from, with what you do. Tell us a little something about yourself. You start talking about those things. Uh, Thanos, again, Avengers reference. Before he snaps his fingers, he says something powerful. He says, I am inevitable. Right? And, and he may be inevitable, right? which basically just means he's unavoidable, which is fine, but, but self-existent Thanos ain't. right? And, and so God, he bumps custom, and he just says this, tell them that I exist, no qualifier needed. I am that I am. Jen Wilkins says, without origin, the source of all life, utterly independent, that's God. We humans must confess, I am because he is. Only God can say, I am who I am. God has never not been. Just, I know these are deep thoughts, right? That's what, smile with your eyes, okay? Or at least open them. I am that I am. God has never not been. We read in the Psalms a, a couple places all over, actually, but Psalm 93, 2. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. That means you're from forever. Uh, Psalm 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth. Wow, you mean he's older than the mountains? 
Or, or ever you had formed the earth in the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. See, we love birthdays. Hallmark loves birthdays. Sell cards. And, and they love uh, anything that has a beginning. They love anniversaries. Right? Because we, we love those too. Because remember, way back when, on that day, we weren't, and then, and then we were. It, that was the beginning. So, so we love those marks of beginning. We celebrate the day we were born until the day we die. And it seems like it's a really big deal in the beginning. Like, hey, we're giving you a cake, and you just smash your face in it. It's going to be awesome. Because one year ago, you, you weren't, and then, and, then you, and then you were. And it's a big deal. And then, like, you get my age, and you're like, oh. You know, it's like, in my mind, it's a big deal. But I don't, you know, we don't want everybody else to make a big deal of it. And then when you get older again, it becomes, it becomes a bigger deal. At least everyone around you. Now, that's true for most people if your last name is Carter, right? No, they just celebrate every birthday, I, probably today, right? I know last night, right? They just love birthdays, no matter how old you are, right? If you love birthdays, marry into that family. <laughs> True story. Um, R.C. Sproul, he says this, if, if ever there was nothing, there would be nothing now. And look, I know these are like, <laughs> if ever there was nothing, there would be nothing now. If anything exists, then something has always existed. Right? And this is, this is basic understanding of existence. If, if something exists, then it always has existed. Right? So, so God is the lone, uncreated creator. So what? See, we fixate on cause and effect. Counselors, we, they, they sit down and they search the brain to find information or to find experiences or relationships or moments that make us who we are. Tell me a little more about that. And, and what they're trying to do is, is identify moments that shape us, that shape you know, the way our brains are, are formed, the, the way that we interact. And so, so they want to get, why is that? Tell me about that. What caused you to be you? Or an investigator, they sift wreckage and, and they, they look at autopsy reports and they look at surveillance video. Why? What caused the incident? We have to know cause and effect. In complete contrast to that, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. When history began, God had already been. In the beginning, God, what a fitting beginning to the story of our knowledge of who God is and all that we know around us. There is no cause in God's self-existence. He is that he is. So what? Who cares? Well, well, well so what? Th this, is, this is the second and final point, right? From, through, and to him are all things. 
If there is one uncaused creator that that is and that always has been, then from him and through him and to him are all things. Last week we looked at this concept that, that no one can comprehend God. And we looked at this text in Romans chapter 11, 33 and 4 and 5 and 6. And at the end of that, we see this. No one can comprehend God for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Because he is self-existent. Because of that, it changes us it, it, it shapes us, and what it does is it makes from him everything, to him everything, right? From him and through him and to him are all things. There are two types of things in the universe, and, and theologians, really smart people, they, they have compiled lists, and the lists look like this. On one column, it is things that are uncreated, and in the other column, it is things that are created, right? Just imagine that with me. For a moment. If I ask you to, uh, 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 I want you to write one list and I want you to write the other list, what list do you want to write out? You want to write the, the side that says things that are uncreated or the things that are created? There's one thing, God, who's uncreated. Everything else, hear me, everything else is created. Father, Son, Spirit, they have no beginning. Everything else that is, it finds its beginning in him. But because everything that is flows from the imagination of the only one who never began, then everything that is created gets to put the creator on display with all that we are, with all that we think, with all that we do. There's this interesting interaction with with Paul the Apostle on the streets of Athens. And he, and he goes around and he, he sees them worshiping things. This is in Acts chapter 17. He sees them worshiping things and then, then he quotes one of their, their philosophers. And, and this, it's like he, he hijacks an Athenian pop song or, or poet or something. And, and, and this is the quote that he says. And he says, you think it's for other things. It is for God and God alone. And this is what he says. He says, in him we live and move and have our being. Right? These are things that you've probably heard before if you interact with the church, if, you, if you've opened your Bible. But just think about it. In him alone we live and we move and we have our being. In him alone we exist. In other words, if there is any life in us, it is him. If there is any movement in us, it is through him. If there is any creativity in us, it is creativity that flows through us from the one true uncreated creator of all. Another quote, Lisa Turtle, Say by the Bell, circa 1991. <laughs> what is art? Are we art? Is art art? God is creator. Lisa Turtle, fashion designer, she struggled with what art was. This city that we're in right now, that we're in the basement of, if you were to go 
you know, 15 feet up and, and see the city around us, what you would see is, 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 is that this is a city filled with people who love the arts, right? Um, artists we may be, creators we are not. Hamilton, Ohio, the city of sculpture, which is a, a fair assignment given its, its history and, and recent resurgence of the arts. And this wasn't always so. I, I tell people, there's a, a, a person that just moved here from Oklahoma and he's planning a church and, and he's sitting down with us and we've interacted with him a ton, right? He's planning a church here-ish. And we love that. And, and so he's trying to figure out who the city is and we say, what the city is now? And when you, Why did you move from Oklahoma to plant a church in, in Hamilton, Ohio? It sounds crazy. But what was even crazier is if you did that 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Because this, like, we have parks. We have sweet things around, right? It wasn't always the, the, the case with this city. There are sculptures all around us, right? There's the dad and the kid on the bike just down that way towards the river. And every time I get worried and think, oh, hope the kid's okay. Or, or there's the giant blue baby peering out of the ginormous egg that they took down. Thanks be to God, because it was frightening. There's a large community of murals and an increasing amount of the 17 communities that make up the city. There are dozens of local business-themed bike rack sculptures around the city. So you can drive by a pet stop and you can see a dog-boned bike rack or, 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 or a guitar-themed bike rack or, or an animal-themed bike rack or a painting palette or even just, just one block and a half up that way, a big M for Miami University, a bike rack. That's sweet. How creative, that's clever. There are events in the city like Ice Fest, which, which puts artists uh, on display in a unique way. They use chainsaws and torches. Hundreds of ice sculptures around the, the downtown of this city. So cool. Operation Pumpkin in just a few months, or not, I don't know, but, but they have pumpkins this big, which certainly puts like some farmer artist on display because you don't just happen to have a 1,700 pound pumpkin growing in your backyard. They carve them up and they make faces and all kinds of other things. Butler Tech School of the Arts was, was right here downtown. Now they're just down the road. It's, it's literally a high school that just invests in kids who, who have like a, a flair for the arts and theater and, and and, uh, and music and, and, and singing and, and all kinds of expressions of who they are. How sweet is that? Art space lofts just two blocks away. This is what their website says. The city of Hamilton began using the arts for civic improvement in the 1990s in partnership with artists, politicians, uh, and neighborhood and philanthropic leaders. Art Space restored a historic building downtown into a mixed-use arts facility. In addition to 42 units of affordable live-work space for artists and their families, the project provides uh, a ground floor commercial space for creative business, gallery space, and an outdoor seating patio. Literally two minutes walking from here. There is art all around the city. That's a sweet thing. 
man, in the, in the early days of the Village Church, we even hosted a few art shows in our spaces for the city. We had artists from the city in here. Sweet. What a gift that artistic expression is to a home, to a city, to humanity. Jen Wilkin goes on to say this. Unlike other books, the Bible does not take its sweet time to hook the reader. It stuns us with its opening line. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God, who is himself uncreated, creates everything, gathering no materials, pinning no swatches to mood boards, consulting no color wheels. God speaks, and the universe leaps into being. From nothing, he creates something. Unlike humans who create by rearranging what exists, God creates simply by the power of his word. And where there was once nothing, something miraculously appears. Now look, this is not a technical thing. Ah, oh, it's sweet to be around so many creatives. Oh, technically, there are no such thing as creatives. We are rearranging. You don't have to do that. But, but the statement holds true. That, that no one is making something from nothing. Only one did that. And what we get to do is we get to rearrange for God's glory from him, through him, and most importantly for us in terms of application to him, which is no small deal that we get to rearrange to reflect the creator of all that is. And so I close out with, with three kind of quick hitters for us to, to consider all this and just say, so what? And the first one is this, we get to be creation. Well, you don't have a choice but you get to remember that you are created. What a, what a sweet thing to consider. If there was one thing I'd want us to, to remember today, it's this, that we are created. And what that does is it humbles us and it brings hope to us. That, that Here's the encouragement. The world wasn't flung by your labor. It was not, the, the stars were not flung in the sky by the work of your hand. And guess what? The world doesn't spin because of your hands either. So breathe deep. Rest for a minute in the fact that, that you are not creator. You are not restorer. You are not sustainer. You are created. Right? And this thrusts us to the one and only creator. We are his and he is ours. And, and this simple fact sets all that is apart from the God who is. And it takes our minds to, to worship by simply existing because of the one who self exists. We get to be creation. And God made everything and it was good and sin came and it broke that. But in Christ we are being made new. He is the restorer, right? In Colossians, Paul tells us that, that he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. What a sweet truth for us as we look at broken stuff around us that, that the, the world and, and all that's created, 
we're being made new, and that means that, that we get to trust him, and we get to revert back to our natural form created in the image of God, contributing to creation from him, through him, and to him. We get to be creation. And the second thing is this. We get to behold creation. I know you're busy, and no one has time to literally stop and smell the roses. But look, literally stop and smell the roses. Why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we just for a moment and each day just stop and remember that, that all that we get to interact with is from the Lord and it is, it is good if, if we keep that mindfulness that, that God alone creates all, then every single time we see beauty amidst the broken or order amidst the chaos, when we see flowers in a field or sunsets or stars or, or canyons or oceans or all the, the iconic things that take us to God, creator of all, or look, or when we see a baby laugh or a, a street mural or, or reclaimed furniture finding new life, Every time we see something like that or, or graphic design that strikes us or music that moves us or a, a stunning AMOLED screen. Look, I, I get it that not everybody likes to be outdoors in trees. I understand that. The beauty of, of creatives through him giving him glory and of course, we rob him. But when, we, when we're mindful that, that we are created and he alone is not, then we get to behold creation when I put Skittles in my mouth. My taste buds are like, yes! And every, not a joke, every time I do, and I don't eat Skittles very often, I just, I think, like, this has to be the best flavor on the planet. And maybe you're a savory person, but you get the idea. Look, playing a video game with your friends, that can be a great thing. But man, just stop for a minute and say, how cool is this? That I'm, that I'm in my room talking to my friend on a headset somewhere, and he's playing the same game, and it's an HD, and it's unbelievable. To God be the glory for that. Swimming in the seas of, of Pinterest or, or, or for real, just driving down the road and seeing a family eating ice cream together. A beautiful user interface that just makes sense. <laughs> Engineering marvels. The perfect weld. Perfect camera angle or, or photo that's captured or, or a captivating open line of a book, a balanced budget, you name it, whatever it is. We have the opportunity to behold the beauty of creation. All of it is an opportunity to behold creation as a nod from the creator to remind us who we are not and who he, he is. And if we remember, then the, the natural posture of our hearts will be gratitude. So we get to be creation, we get to behold creation, and we get to benefit creation. You get to be an artist. And I know what you're thinking, well, that's, that's great, but I'm not, I'm not into the arts. I'm not a painter, so like none of this really applies to me. And I hope that you've seen that that's not true, 
but just by way of example, like, like just relax for a second. When we, get, when we get the idea that everything that is flows from the imagination of the only one who never began, then we can, we can live mindful of that. This is true for every type of person. If you're an athlete and you see a, a basketball player shaking people on the court and everyone around, ankles, shook them. Artistry. That's artistry in motion. That's the beauty of God's creation through athleticism or, or mathematics, right? If your brain is, is, is wired that way, when you discover uh, the, the equation or the formula, right, you're not creating it. The most brilliant minds in the universe are simply discovering what God already made and they're assigning values to them, which is sweet delight in that. Accountants, construction workers, graphic designers, drivers, coaches, healthcare workers, project managers, manufacturers, consultants, leaders, salesmen, chefs. We get to whatever we put our hands to, bring order to chaos and beauty to what's broken. And when we do that, we get to understand the diversity of humanity. And it's the outflow of God's love and creativity for all that is. And when we put ourselves in that place, you know what we get to do? We get to love people that aren't like us. Ah, I'm not into books. I'm more of an athlete. I'm not into whatever. I'm more of a whatever. And what we get to do is, is rather than let that pit us against others, we get to say, oh my gosh, how great are the attributes of this self-existent God that he would put himself on display in his body that is God's people, the church. Man, the first time I saw a community mural, it was years ago in Lansing, and, and they were telling me the story of this wall. It was white and whatever, and, and they had people, artists from all over the world, painting together on one day, and, and we just did that here in this city. They began a, a huge project to do that. People from all over the city coming together to make something, to bring Beauty to an otherwise drab part of town. Man, we are that mural, right? We are evidence of God as being infinitely creative, and we also get to contribute, right? We get to benefit creation around us, so, so we get to think of all these things. There'll be some reflection questions on the screen as we remember that everything that is flows from the imagination of the only one who never began. The band can come on up. If you want to pray with someone, there will be a few people over by that red tree over there. There is a prayer bench over here. You can sit right where you are. You can stand up. If you're uncomfortable interacting with us, whether you're online or you're, you're in person, and you want us to follow up with you, fill out a connect card. We would love to connect with you. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the beauty that you express. And God, would you just let us remember? Would you let us uh, be mindful that we are creation, that we get to be creation, that we get to behold creation and let it point us to you every time we experience good things in this life? And God, would you let us be a benefit to the creation around us? Would you let us have hearts that are thankful with everything you've given us? to aim to love others 
that aim to love you. We need you in Jesus' name. Amen.